And I was like, oh, we, you know, Luke broke the crockpot accidentally. And, and my oldest said, you didn't even freak out, mom. And I'm like, yeah, no, let's celebrate. Let's have a party. And, and then my middle, or my, she's not really my middle, she's my baby, Katie. Katie said, why did you not freak out? And Luke's gets because God changed her. You clear as day, my kids recognize my reactions are different than what they used to be. And, and that is two reasons. I unloaded everything that was the trigger from my past with the Lord and through counseling. And see, in the counseling process, God was drawing upon the scriptures I had been spending years studying that hadn't made any sense to me. So that daily discipline of being in the word and being in Bible study ended up becoming a well that the Lord is able to draw from to change how I would see life. You're listening to episode 99 of the God Center Mom podcast with me, Heather McFadden. And today I'm chatting with Elisa Pulliam, the author of the new book, Meet the New You, which is releasing December 15th. Now, throughout the interview, I call her Lisa. That was on purpose, her request. And you'll find out, find out why she has two names uh, that she uses. Now, Elisa is an awesome gal. She's a life coach. I mean, who doesn't need a life coach in their life? I know I do, raising my hand. And she also trains coaches. She's an executive director at KingdomHearts.us, and she started a ministry called More to Be because she's passionate about women transforming their lives, especially impacting the next generation. She has a great story of personal transformation, first uh, going from mall chick to Christ follower, and then trying to sort out her faith once she became a believer. How do we live out this life and how do we allow God to heal past broken places? So we'll talk a lot about that. Um, and I just I just really am excited about this book. It's a really practical workbook. We talk a little bit about it, but um, definitely check it out as you're going into your new year. And I don't know if y'all are crazy busy with Christmas stuff right now. Uh, if you, we just put up our tree this weekend and I noticed we have like three different nativity sets. I don't really have a lot of decorations. I have like a tree and I do the mantle and I have some stockings and then I have these three nativity sets. And if you have young kids, I would highly recommend the, um, they have a little people one that my three-year-old is enjoying playing with. And then I have a Playmobil one that my older boys love. And then I have this awesome one I kind of got from my parents. Um, it's from Israel and it's super cool. All like the wood, like balsa wood, whatever wood is in Israel. See how knowledgeable I am. Anyway, I just find that like it allows for conversations throughout the Advent season. I also know there's a lot of like Jesse tree talk going around. My friend Jackie Ruckstashel, she has the Jesse tree and I'm sure you've already maybe started it. If not, I, I don't think there's a time that can be too late. I don't think that you can do too, too few of them. If you do a couple nights between December 1st and December 25th, where you read some Bible stories, I think that's awesome. Uh, Truth in the Tinsel with my friend, O Amanda. Uh, Ann Voskamp has her Jesse tree. There's so many great options out there. I'd say just pick one. You don't have to have like three different nativity sets like me or do all three Advent, but just pick a set, pick an Advent, enjoy the holiday with your family as we talk about the newborn king coming. Who came to change us? So let's get right to this interview about becoming the new you. 
Hey, Lisa, welcome to the God Center Mom podcast. Thanks, Heather. I'm so glad to be here with you. Love being able to chit chat. Well, and we've like passed each other <laughs> as ships on the online world, but we've never been able to really connect. But I know um, just having heard your story a little bit and looked at, read your new book, um, Meet the New You, that we're kindred spirits and soul sisters. So welcome. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited for the listeners to hear your story and to be encouraged and filled with hope. So thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. Every time I listen to your podcast, I think, good night. We have similarities in our struggles and in our desire to glorify God in our lives and our mothering. And yet the very real daily, how do we do this um, sort of scenario? Yeah. Yeah. Well, tell us, introduce us to your family, um, your kids and your husband real quick. Sure. So I'm married to Mr. Blue Eyes, Stephen. <laughs> awesome. Uh, I've been calling him Mr. Blue Eyes since the first time I met him, which was probably 20 something years ago. We've been married 19 years. And then we have a 16 year old daughter, Leah. And a 14-year-old daughter, Abby, that's hard to say because she just turned 14. Mm. And then uh, twins, Luke and Caitlin, and they are 10. And we just moved um, this past uh, late, late spring, beginning of the summer, from a boarding school that we had lived on, lived at in Long Island for 18 years. Wow. And it's my hometown. Um, so we got uprooted our family uh, very clearly his hand and moved us to Pennsylvania. So our entire life has been turned upside down in the last six months. <laughs> wow. And right with high schoolers or yes. junior high high schoolers. Yeah. Wow. Yes. And the, the miracle and I, it is only a miracle. I cannot take any credit for it whatsoever. It's God's doing. I've, I've got four happy children. <laughs> that is awesome. That's yeah. really good. That's really yeah, it's good. It's really great. It's really great. Because that's what we as moms worry about the most, right? Like, how are the kids going to handle it? Can we find a church? Can we find a community? Oh, Those yeah. Things. We are terrified. And we found a church within two weeks that we have all just thrown ourselves into and making friends. And it, it, We never saw it coming. If, if somebody says to me, well, where do you see yourself in five or 10 years from now? Like, how much do you want to spend on the boiler that needs to be replaced? Are you going to be here three years or 20 years? Right. I'm thinking, I don't know. I didn't even know it was going to be here. Yeah. So like, yeah. what do I know? <laughs> you kind of keep your hand more open when you've moved like that. Yeah. Yeah. Very open. Very open hand. Well, okay, Lisa, tell us a little bit of your story and where God's brought you today. Tell us a little bit about where you've come from. You've been married 20 years and... um Where did God have you before you met your husband? Right. So I was a mall chick Mm. from Long Island uh, who really just liked to shop and party and have a good time and was very hard-hearted. My family um, was my mom, my dad, and my sister, uh, who's two and a half years younger than me. And I adore my family to pieces. But the foundation of our family was rocky, and there was a lot of everyday dysfunction, a lot of yelling, a lot of frustration, a lot of hurt feelings, uh, and, and not really, um, any health in terms of how to repair a hurt with each other. Mm. And so, um, and I, and time has shown me as well as, uh, conversations with my extended family members, with my parents, uh, that what they came into their marriage with was an unstable foundation 
really. Mm-hmm. And so it was, it's just the overflow. We are the overflow in our families for better or for worse. And so the, my takeaway from it um, was a, a constant searching for love. I just wanted to be loved. I wanted to be accepted. Uh, ironically, we moved from Illinois to New York when I was in fifth grade, going into fifth grade. And that was really traumatic for me. Uh, I had best friends when I was in elementary school. And then I was the new girl mm-hmm. and I didn't fit in. And in one year from fifth grade to sixth grade, I remember saying to my parents, especially my mom, I need to change. Uh, and I got a new haircut. I got a whole new wardrobe. My parents were able to accommodate that desire for me. I changed the way I talked. I changed the way I carried myself. Mm. And within like three weeks of sixth grade, I had three boyfriends asking me out. And 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 so it was bad feedback really mm. for a woman that validated that the way you look and the way you act will get the attention that you want to get. Yeah. Um, and so I went through high school. Um, uh, rebellious, but a people pleaser. So my teachers thought I was the great kid. My parents didn't really know what I was doing behind the scenes. Um, and I made a lot of decisions that heaped a lot of shame and guilt into my heart, really. And then going off to college, I just jumped right into the college scene. This is what people do. They drink, they party, they have sex, they you know, nearly flunk out of their first year of college. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my focus the whole time, I, I was like an empty cup. Uh, I, I describe this to the teenagers that I've mentored over the years. And I actually grab a plastic cup and I say, this is me. I'd go up to somebody and say, give me whatever you got. Mm. And if all they had was spit, I would take the spit. Mm. Because I had no idea that you could go to God to be filled up. Mm. I had no idea that there was anything other than what was right in front of me to make me feel better. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I took, I took whatever people wanted to give me and it was not, <laughs> it was not good. Yeah. It was really not a good outcome. Mm-hmm. And so I was on that track and the Lord was, had his hand on my life. I believe from the time I was little and even though I didn't know him, I didn't have a sense of his presence. I didn't understand the role of Jesus in the whole scheme of uh, Christian faith. I knew he was there, but I didn't know his role. And it, God had me working at this um, summer camp each summer that my mother forced me to go get a job. Mm. I think that's a great thing. Parents <laughs> should make the kids get a job. Yeah. <laughs> and I happened to rub shoulders with Christians mm. at this camp. Um, and they were what I would call Bible thumpers, Jesus freaks. That's how I tease them. They were weird in my opinion, but they were also really nice. And when I went to them with this empty cup, they, they filled it in a different way mm. and it, it left its mark on me. And so as I would go back to college during summer and then come back to work at camp, I noticed a distinct difference between this group of people and the people I normally ran with. Mm. And I wanted more of what they had, but I, I, I didn't want to yield to it per se. So I ended up in a situation where I think it was probably it was right before my junior, right before my sophomore year in college, they invited me to go to a youth event. And I went to their big church and there's this guy up front who they called a preacher who was given this big message about sin and that we needed God and we needed to repent. And I was like, oh, I think this is me. And I think the Holy Spirit really came over me in that moment, 
found myself on the altar, bawling my eyes out, ready for uh, something to change me. And that night, I I do believe I accepted Jesus that night in as much of an authentic way as could be expected in that moment. So my friends were thrilled. We went out for ice cream. (laughs) Like you do. Like like you you do. do. Yeah, we went to Friendly's and they were so excited. And I got home late that night and ran into my parents' bedroom. They're already in bed and went to my mom's side and she was out cold, poor thing, went to my dad's side and said, Hey dad, you know, I'm a Christian now. I just accepted Jesus into my heart. And he's like, that's crazy. Just go to bed and forget like it never happened. Mm. Now, mind you, I have Jewish heritage. My father's Jewish. Yeah. So you have to respect that from his point of reference, that's all he knew. Right. He, He had never rubbed shoulders with somebody who had an authentic faith with Jesus. And so, um, or relationship with Jesus. And so I went to bed and I listened to my dad. Surprisingly, I don't normally listen to my parents. <laughs> and, and I got up the next morning pretending like nothing happened. Mm-hmm. Our friends must have been just beside themselves when they watched my life unfold over the next couple of weeks. I pushed them aside. I went back to college. I partied really hard. I'm surprised I am not dead, honestly, the way I lived my life. And stayed in that mode until the following summer. Well, Mr. Blue Eyes, my husband, was one of those friends. And I thought he wouldn't give me the time of day when we showed up at camp the next, uh, that next summer. And instead, he was the nicest guy. Mm. Hey, how are you? And what I read was forgiveness. Mm. I read grace through, through the way he acted with me. He would say, I was just being me. I don't even know what you're talking about. Like, <laughs> it, it, it was a very like one-sided reaction from me that he did not. <laughs> he was not consciously doing anything but being himself. Mm. And I, so my curiosity was piqued again. That summer uh, passed and I began to ask questions about this Jesus dude ended up going off to a semester in London. And I share about this part in the book. Um, and in that it turned out that there were more Christians in my house in London that I was, I lived in like a converted youth hostel. So there were three different schools and one school was from a university in Florida. That was a Christian college and became good friends with this girl, Susie. And so lo and behold, as the semester unfolded, I hit a crisis point. I found out that a friend from back home, her mom died of cancer, got a letter from Mr. Blue Eyes about Nicole's mom dying and really hit a a crisis of faith. Mm -hmm. And Susie, uh, plain as day, I went to her. I said, what does this mean? What does this Bible mean that he sent me? What's going on here? And she just made it very simple and said, Lisa, how do you think you're going to heaven? And I said, I have no idea if I'm even in. Like I, I knew I, the things I had done wrong. And uh, growing up with the faith that I did have, I knew that there was the Ten Commandments. And I knew I you know, had some that I broke. And I thought that was my in or out. And I was out. And she said, Lisa, all you have to do is believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. Everything that you've ever done wrong, Jesus died for. And that's your ticket to heaven. Well, for me, heaven was an incredible promise. Mm-hmm. I didn't even have a, have a concept at that time that Jesus also would bring hope here on earth mm-hmm. and passion and purpose and 
joy that is uh, fills you beyond circumstances. I, I had no idea that the, that was a part of the whole package of faith. Yeah. I just thought heaven was a great. At least I was going to a better place. Yeah. Um, because at that point, I I was lonely. I was hurting. I felt like I never fit in. I felt like I was never good enough. Really um, struggled with perfectionism and and self worth. And so, hey, get me out of this and get me to heaven. This is a better deal. Mm-hmm. So that night, I chose to believe in Jesus. Plain as day, wrote a letter to my mom. Told told my roommates I was gonna. I, I said I believe in Jesus. I'm gonna be just like him now. Ha ha ha. <laughs> And and there was no outward transformation, but God began an inward transformation in me, and He's not stopped. It's twenty years later. Wow! Uh, and He just continues to unfold in me a deeper sense of His presence and His perspective that gives me goosebumps. To be honest, because. I thought salvation was the point of becoming a new creation. And what I've discovered in the last 10 years is that becoming that new person is an everyday process. Yeah. You and I were talking about this, like how many people that are listening um, believe in Jesus, know Jesus, go to church, pray, maybe do the Bible study thing, but their day in, day out, there's frustration the day in, day out, it's like, it just doesn't show. Like, I know I have the Holy Spirit, but why don't I show any fruit of the Holy Spirit? Like, why am I angry all the time? Why am I um, jealous or bitter or, you know, whatever negative um, pattern we're seeing in our life? And, you know, you and I were talking about what God's kind of shown us, like another level within salvation, like a deeper place it's almost like there's the the saving and then there's the healing. Yes. <laughs> and yes. Um, I think, you know, I'd love for you to share, you know, a little bit of that. Like, so you, you became saved and then, you know, 10 years later, it got kind of revealed. What, what did your life look like before he healed you? Sure. As, um, as a Christian. So you're as a Christian. As a Christian. <laughs> well, you know, there's the outer life and there's the inner life. Yeah. So I, I have been an adaptable person. There's chameleon, I think, mm. in my genetic DNA. Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> so I, uh, I, I yeah, that. I quickly noticed the way Christians lived versus the way non-Christians lived in my small circle and adapted. So I stopped drinking. I stopped cursing. And, and really, by the power of the Holy Spirit at work in me, the desire was gone. Mm. Um, even... It, and and that desire to have it gone was there before I became a Christian, but there was no, there was no outward change. I still did it, mm-hmm. but after became becoming a Christian, um, you know, sexually just becoming pure after years of, of of promiscuity. So so there was the outward change. There was the oh well, now we go to church on Sunday morning, and now we are in a small group, and now we have to learn how to pray out loud, and now mm-hmm. we have to um, I don't know. Just do the Christian thing that Christian the people culture, do. The culture. The culture. Yeah. And it, it, when in Rome. Do yeah. as the Romans do. Yes. And so I was very much influenced by my husband and the way he was living his life, but also by just our circle. Um, and so I conformed. And that was such a challenge because the there was a part of me that was so filled with anger mm. that I couldn't. 
identify. So I felt like a shoddy wife. I felt like a shoddy mom. Like I could not be that joyful, happy Christian person that I was supposed to be, even though I loved Jesus or was learning how to love Jesus. I would say that took me, I remember the first time in a Beth Moore study and she talked about loving Jesus. I'm like, you love Jesus? Like, I believe, but how do you love? Yeah. Well, how do you, how do you even believe that he loves you? Exactly. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I remember, I remember sitting in that Bible study room thinking, God, will I ever love you like the way she loves you? Mm. Mm. Because I want that. I don't want to be her, but I want what I want. What she it's attractive. Yeah. 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 And so I, um, I just kept trying. Mm. So I, I would try to manage my anger. Right. I'm working. Uh, and I'm, I'm working so hard. I'm working yeah. so hard. Yes. Working so hard. I would manage it. I try to manage it to make sure I wouldn't get hungry because I get hangry. Yeah. I still, I still get hangry. <laughs> uh, we, I do not leave the house without a granola bar or some snack. Like I just <laughs> a piece of chocolate. Um, I so I would try to manage my anger. I try to manage my schedule to not be overloaded, mm-hmm. and that never worked. Um, I tried to manage other people and control them so that they wouldn't set me off. Right. She never works because you can't control anybody but yourself. Right. And even that is a hard thing to do. Um, so there were all these things that I tried to do. I tried to pray more. I tried to read scripture more. Um, but nothing, nothing was dealing with it. And this was even after getting real with God. So even after, uh, I talk about this in, a, in the book a little bit, uh, I had received a challenge from a friend to get God off my to-do list and mm. start having quiet time. Mm. And that was key, 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 spending 15 minutes a day reading a chapter of scripture and journaling out my prayers as something I've done for the last probably 10 or 12 years. Well, it was before the twins were born in their 10. So it's about 12 years. Mm. And, but I still didn't see the fruit of that until what was a pivotal time. My, um, my husband and I ended up in a fight and he said to me, uh, if you really loved me and the kids, you wouldn't treat us this way. Wow. Yeah. Hard truth. Hard truths. And I was angry mm. at that comment. I said, after all that I do for you, you know, and as moms, we do a lot. We are, we're taking care of the grocery shopping and figuring out who needs what pants because now their jeans are like floods and, <laughs> and, and you know, planning meals and cleaning up. And yeah. It's all, it's all that we do. And, and in our mind, we're doing it because we love these people. Why else would we do it? <laughs> and so how could you say, I don't love you, but there was a harshness in my voice. There was a criticism. There was a lack of grace. There was just never happy with nothing yeah. <laughs> um, all the time. And I, I took his comment. It was right before we were getting ready to go uh, visit friends up in Maine. And I couldn't wait to go visit my friend, Emily, because I was going to tell her what Stephen said and make sure that she told me that he was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and Emily is my best friend in the world. One of my, I have three of them. She's one of my best friends. And she said to me over coffee, he's right. Mm. You need to get help. Wow. And I was mad at her. And also able to receive it because she was a woman who walked the journey of getting help herself. Mm. And so I did not feel judged. I felt challenged. And and interestingly, that weekend, I chose to be baptized uh, 
and her husband baptized me mm. the next day. Mm. Like it, it, the, I think the Lord is just ripping everything old off of me at that point and saying, you need, you need a marker of a new beginning and here you, you got it. So I went home and ended up calling counselors to try to find somebody who would cover our, you know, take our insurance, spoke with about three or four different counselors and gave them my story in a couple of minutes and what my struggle was. And they all said the same thing. You are struggling with post-traumatic stress disorder. Huh. And I was like, what? Like that's people who go to war. I've not been in war, but there was enough that happened in my childhood uh, which I, I don't talk about because I want to honor my parents' privacy. And we're, we're so healed that some of it, I don't even, I don't remember it apart from what God has showed me is truth. Right. But, but it was an abusive home physically and emotionally. And not because my parents didn't love me. They loved me. They just didn't, they didn't have the resources they needed. And you said they weren't, they weren't change. saved they're yes. not believers. Yeah. So they're, they're not believers. Yeah. They're acting uh, and, from a flesh reaction. Yeah. Yeah. And I think even as believers, we act from yeah. a flesh oh, reaction. Yeah. And, and until you have that aha moment of this is wrong and I, it's in my power to do something to change, to get the help that I need to change. You don't know that change is possible. Mm. And so as much as you go to bed feeling awful about it at the end of the night, you're not sure what to do. And if it wasn't, if Stephen hadn't spoken truth to me, and if my aunt friend Emily had not confirmed truth to me, I I don't know where I would be right now. Mm. Uh, and so, I ended up um, going into Christian counsel into counseling with a Christian, and she used prayer as a way of healing. And we would talk about all the memories I had stored up from my past, and these were memories that fueled the fire within me. So if something would trigger a memory, instead of it being a little spark that was what it should have been by that point in my life, it could light a huge fire. So my reactions to my children and my husband or anything for that matter was out of proportion for what was really happening. Yeah. Yeah. All these deep rooted beliefs that trigger an emotion. Because technically our thoughts should lead our emotions, but there's also this level of past experience that triggers. And like you said, like, it's like you're entering 60 miles an hour. It's not like a slow ramp up. You're like, that's already there. You've already felt all of that in the past and it's never been dealt with. And so you're entering at 60 miles an hour. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, it was about nine months of counseling and what the Lord did in that time frame was not only heal me. With new memories, not new memories. A present, um, like a new, presence of where he was in it. Is that the kind of yes. feeling? Okay. Yeah. The ability to look back and recognize God's redemption in that process or where his mercy was that I hadn't seen it or where his provisions happened to be that I hadn't noticed. Mm. And so it didn't change what happened, but gave me a new understanding for how to deal with it. And in many cases, just choose forgiveness and from God for the the memories that I had over things that I felt guilty about and receive that and walk in that. And then also begin the process of forgiving not only my parents, um, but but all sorts of people that, we're, I mean, if we're alive and breathing, we're going to be hurt by people. That's yeah. part of life. Yeah. And yeah. so rather than holding on to all those things, believing that if I forget 
I will get hurt again. Mm. I had to believe that if I got hurt again, God would heal me. Mm. Mm. That's good. Yeah. So you so, don't have to be so protective. Don't have to be so protective. Yeah. Don't have to live in fear that way. Don't have to hold back from relationships because what if? Because God is bigger than the what if. Well, and that's that post-traumatic stress, isn't there? A little bit of a reactionary yes. defense yes. mechanism that yes. kicks in. And so you would just are in attack mode. Mm-hmm. And so when you recognize that even if there is hurt that happens, God can heal it. Exactly. And so through that process, I learned the skill of what I now call trap and transform, mm. which is not novel. People talk about it all the time. It's take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. That's from 2 Corinthians 10.5. And I put it with uh, Romans 12.2, which is to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yeah. And so I'm looking at every moment saying, what do I believe about this right now? And is this truth? Mm. And so, you know, let's take, let's take a, um, an example from this past week. Okay, so my son was washing the crock pot for us in the kitchen and he's 10 and the crock pot's heavy and slippery and in the sink mm. and it dropped and cracked in half. Mm. So I didn't hear it. All that happened was he came and found me. His eyes were wet. His voice was quivering. And he said, Mom, I'm like, what happened? You okay? Like, based on his reaction, I thought something really, really bad happened. Yeah. And and he said, I, I just broke the crock, crock pot in two as I was washing it in the sink. It slipped out of my hands. And my reaction was, honey, uh, are you okay? Right. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm okay. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I should probably have not even asked you to wash that. I've been afraid that I'm going to drop it and it's going to break. It's okay. It's fixable. Because see, what was going through my mind, but by the grace of God in that moment was child, living, breathing human (laughs) is of eternal consequence. Crockpot, roth, (laughs) moth, rust will decay it's not going with you. It's not of eternal consequence. Yeah. Make sure your response, Lisa, is on the eternal and not the earthly. Mm. But I'm 10 years into living this way. Yeah. And and so, you know, in that moment, so we, we sat there and the girls came in. They're like, what's going on? You know, yeah. because Luke was in my lap. I mean, he's 10. He's in my lap. <laughs> yeah. But, but I'm so glad he can still fit for a little bit longer. And I was like, oh, we, you know, Luke broke the crock pot accidentally. And, and my oldest said, you didn't even freak out, mom. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, no, let's celebrate. Let's have a party. And, and then my middle or my, she's not really my middle. She's my baby. Katie, Katie said, why did you not freak out? And Luke says, because God changed her. Mm. You know, clear as day, my kids recognize my reactions are different than what they used to be. And, and that is two reasons. I unloaded everything that was the trigger mm. from my past with the Lord and through counseling. And see, in the counseling process, God was drawing upon the scriptures I had been spending years studying that hadn't made any sense to me. Right. So that daily discipline of being in the word and being in Bible study ended up becoming a well that the Lord is able to draw from yeah. To change how I would see life. And then I out the years out of counseling have been spent 
trying to live out that principle every day. And in that moment with Luke, it was a great moment. Well, you know, just three days ago, we put up the Christmas tree and we had the nativity set out and his twin, Caitlin, um, was opening the the nativity with me. And I said, go put it up there uh, on the bookshelf when she's sitting there playing with it. And then next thing you know, it broke donkey's ear <laughs> off. Yeah. I had a terrible reaction. I was like, Caitlin. Yeah. And, and she's like, I'm sorry, mom. And I was like, didn't say anything, yeah. you know, but it wasn't the tempered reaction that I had three days earlier with Luke on the crock pot. Right. And so in that moment, my husband shot me his eyes like, <laughs> oh, that was not good. Caitlin ran up to her room and I thought, all right, take a deep breath, Lord. It's just a donkey. It's not even real. Okay, what do I need to do? Yeah. And I, ha- I heard him prompt me, you need to go apologize for yelling at her. And so you swallow the pride. And I went up the stairs and climbed into her bed with her. And I said, honey. And she goes, mom, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, honey, I'm sorry you yelled. And, and we walked through the process in a healthy way. It's yeah. not would I have liked to have handled it the way I did with Luke earlier? Yeah. Mm. But at least God has me at a place of not acting like a banshee <laughs> because, because everything that's going on inside of me is stored up in an unhealthy way rather than laying it at the foot of the cross. Mm. And I'm picturing people listening, you know. Yeah. And I, and I can imagine if they've chosen God-centered mom that they— have accepted Christ. If not, hopefully, hopefully through your testimony, that that, that yeah. idea. Please do, please, please do, do, please do. It's great over here. And yeah. then they, but they do, like I said before, identify with the being saved and not having the reactions that they want. But then to have the hope that through, I mean, nine months of counsel and prayer, that that's a journey in itself. But like you say, it's an ongoing. It's not like you're fixed and you never sin again. But right. there, there's grace. And the desire and the change, and even if you have in the flesh reactions that that you are then led to swallow your pride and go and make it right. And, um, you know, I'm just even thinking about what you'd shared before the call about, you know, your recent family news and hard thing and just the grace that God would um, choose to rescue you from a hard family situation and to not be done. Like, well, I got her soul. Adios. Like that he's, he's with us and he's for us and he's battling on our behalf. And, and he's continuing to even, even with the change you've seen from counseling, he's still fighting for you and wants the best. Um, So I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Yeah. So, so what I had, I want to share with your listeners a little bit about what I had shared with you is that my, um, my aunt uh, passed away this just a couple of days ago uh, with a battle with cancer and her death was rather sudden, even though she's been sick for quite a while, like uh, three, three or four weeks ago, she emailed me about wanting to try to set up a Skype mm. um, time so that she could interact with the kids. So that's how quickly, like, I have on my calendar Skype Jackie mm. <laughs> and it's not a possibility now. And when, and what the Lord has really just impressed upon my heart is how the 
enemy of God is out to steal, kill, and destroy. And he does it with lies and he does it with hurts and wounds and going after our families. Mm. And I, I can't help but think about the years that were stolen from my mother and my father, that were stolen from my dad and his sister, that was stolen from me and my aunt because of the effect of sin and the lack of hope found in Christ. Mm. So we're all, you know, the rain falls on the righteous and the unrighteous. It's gonna, It's going to fall on us. But in Christ, we are given an opportunity to experience his grace and his truth. And I, I've heard it said, and I live by this, that truth without grace is compromise. No, is condemnation. Truth without grace is condemnation. And grace without truth is compromise. Mm. And, and I want to be a person that lives in both. I want to be a person that lives in truth. So what is my stuff that I need to own right now? Where am I sinning? I don't want to just call it mess. Some of it is just a mess. Yeah. <laughs> you know, my, my insecurity is just a mess. My, but, but when my insecurity keeps me from uh, living according to God's word and making an idol out of something, then it's sin. Yeah. I want to call my sin, sin, and I want to repent of it. And I want, I want to ask God to change me and give me the willpower and the desire to be transformed by him, even if it means I have to get out of my comfort zone. Because the way I live my life is a ripple effect. It's like, it's, you know, picture a a lake and you, you skip that rock into the lake and it's going to create a ripple effect. And my life is creating a ripple effect on my children, on my husband, anybody I come into contact with. And I know how I've been hurt by ripple effects and I know how I've been blessed. And I want to be that mom, that wife who leaves a ripple effect that's refreshing and not overwhelming. Mm. Mm. Uh, and, and, you know, I don't want my kids to be like choking on the water that hits them in the face because <laughs> I'm a wreck. Yeah. I want them to feel like a fresh washing from the Lord is what I get to give them. And if that's going to be the legacy I leave, it's going to take a lot of self-reflection and honesty with God. And perseverance with him. Mm. It's not something that's just going to come because it feels good to say it. Yeah. And so. When I think just the encouragement, like the chapter you say, uh, don't be satisfied with as is. Like, don't like, well, that's just the way God made me. Or that's my backstory. Or I didn't have parents that were saved, so I can't be any different. Or I don't know how this goes. Or whatever excuse that we say. Um kind of justifying our current state Mm -hmm. and not that we need to work harder because that is not the message no it wasn't like you memorized more verses or you you went to church more often or you volunteered for more things and that's how god changed you and that's the new the new lisa is right because you did more but it's also not being satisfied with with the state that is not a reflection of who god made you to be Right. I think it's, I think it's believe, belief. Like, Mm. do I believe that God's word is true? Do I believe that what he says about me is true? And, and I need to pursue that belief over the feeling Mm. is really, um, because you're right. I don't go to church more. I haven't done, you know, 10 Bible studies a week to try to make myself 
change. Like I, I, it's just a daily, okay, God, there's my ugly. Can you turn that to beautiful? And I'm going to give it to you because I don't, and and, you know, um, people ask me about my name all the time. Why do I sign my name Lisa? Why do I go by, um, why is the book Elisa? What, what's the deal with my name? So my given name is Elisa, which people mutilate all the time. But <laughs> Alyssa. I say my name, yeah, yeah, remember yeah. my name. It's been, it's been quite the journey. It's, and so Lisa, on one hand, is just simple. But really, the reason I go by Lisa is it was after that season in counseling, but before I really started to see the fruit of my hardened heart turning to flesh, I I was struggling with my anger and God, you know, I just don't want to be an angry person. I don't want to fly off the handle. I've hurt so many people and ruined so many moments because I've been angry. I don't want to be angry anymore. And I'm sitting in my chair, I'm talking to God about this. And he, he said to me in in a still small voice, uh, Lisa, I, have made you new. You are a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. But you continue to wear the old mm-hmm. like a, a matted down, stinky, disgusting coat that you think is valuable because it was once a beautiful fur. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's gross. It's heavy. It's awful. You're exhausted from wearing it. You don't feel good. It doesn't look good. It doesn't smell good. But you keep on putting it on because it's familiar. Mm. And it feels protective. And to take it off, you will feel so darn exposed. It terrifies you. Mm. But you have got to take off that coat. And be willing to be uncomfortable and feel naked so that I can develop you the way you need to be developed as the new creation I am continually making you into. Mm. And so I was like, okay, Lord, sounds good. I want to take off the coat. But how on earth am I going to remember this? Because I'm the type of person, I could read a scripture verse and get up and walk away. I have no idea what I just <laughs> yeah, said. I, I totally get that. Yes. yes. You're like, praise Jesus. And then you're like, the next moment, totally forgot. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. I did it by loading the dishwasher. Yeah, yep. Yep. I feel awful when I do that. And so I felt permission. And I'm not saying that this is something that anybody else should do. Right. There's only one burning bush in the Bible. So <laughs> right. I think we need to remember that. Yes. That the principle of God, the character of God, not so much the format, but I felt permission from him to drop the E Mm. from my name because I wanted to hear people call me Lisa to call out the new me. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted there to be, every time somebody said my name, I wanted it to feel like a bucket of water being thrown over me. Like, who are you? Every time I have to say my name, I want to remember I'm that new person God has made me to become. I am not defined by my mistakes. I'm not defined by my past. I'm not defined by my sin. I'm defined as a child of God made in his image Mm. who needs a savior because I'm a sinner. (laughs) And like every day, not just your soul. So you go to heaven. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. So I, I really love, I love that story of your name. I, um, and the experience I recently had with just God kind of revealing some things and some beliefs and some just yuck in my own heart. Um, one of the things was calling out the lies and the labels that I yes. I had believed were true about me. And in the moment of prayer, 
the, I couldn't let them go. And my fear was, well, then who am I? Mm-hmm. If I don't have those labels, because that's what I've been called my whole life, then who am I? And it was like that vulnerable feeling you were talking about, taking off that matted down coat. They weren't nice labels. They weren't great. It wasn't a great identity. It wasn't really awesome. It was comfortable and familiar. And it felt like it would be an emptiness if I took it off. And in God's amazing grace and through his Holy Spirit, once a lot of that was gone and this blanket of just uh, the enemy just kind of clouding my ears from God's voice, once that was gone, I just literally heard Jesus labeling me with a new names over and over and and just very personal new names. And I am so thankful. <laughs> it is like that white uh, robe of righteousness yes. and... Um, even though it was scary and even though it was scary that what if he doesn't have any new names for me? You know, these are the lies and the fears that cloud our minds, you know, that keep yes. us from change. And um, the new you, like your book says, yeah. um, is that fear of well, what if this is it? What if as is is, the, is all that God has for me? Um, and not letting that lie keep us. Because uh, kind of like if- kind of like in your salvation story, how you had that night. And God mm-hmm. spoke to you and your and your dad said, well, just wake up the next day. That wasn't anything. And then it was yeah. almost worse. I think that if someone listening to this message today is like, well, maybe I could. You know, there's a little glimmer of hope. Yeah. I would be ready that some voice outside of you, whether it's a friend or even a spouse or even a child, might tell you a lie mm-hmm. through the enemy or even in your mind that says, no, that can't be for you. That was right. just for Lisa. That was just for Heather. There's no changing for you. And, and to call that out and say that's not truth, mm-hmm. God doesn't just make promises to just Lisa and just Heather. <laughs> no, no, no. He's a redeemer. Yeah. And to be redeemed means to be um, taken as is and made new. Yeah. Really. And I think about it. Our, we're, we love HGTV in our house. <laughs> Anything that can be uh, picked up off the side of the road and restored. Yeah. We're like, woohoo. Yeah. So if that is our desire in the flesh to take something and find the life that's still in it mm. and to, and to restore something is not necessarily a beautiful process. Like you have to rub it raw. You need to sand it down. You need to repair whatever parts are loose and broken and then put it together so that it could function. But, but that piece then has so much more value to the the person who has restored it mm. because there's sweat equity in it. Yeah. You know, there, 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 somebody else might think, Oh, well, that's just a nicely painted piece of furniture. But you're thinking you should have seen it when I picked it up off the side. <laughs> of <it."> Yeah. <laughs> and I think that that's the heart of God. He, he made us originally and he wants us to be a reflection of his beautiful design. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And be a testimony to others of of his work. Mm. It's his work. That we just get to say, yes, Lord. I say, I say in the book, and God gave me these words, that he's it's transformation is not a once and done deal. It's not the point of our salvation alone, although that's where it gets going. It is a series of overnights strung together for the rest of your life. Yeah. And it's a process. I loved your books, how it's in phases. 
And it's funny that you mentioned HGTV because I was even thinking today, it kind of reminded me of Hoarders. Oh, <laughs> I was yeah. thinking of the like when he's they're asking what their goal is. And sometimes it's simple, like I'd love to have my family visit me or have friends over again. And I feel like that's kind of our heart, too. Like, I'd really just like to get close to people and be in community again. And um, but they can't just go in and make it better. Like, they can't just take all the stuff away. Because there was a reason that stuff was there. And I feel like your book goes through like, yeah, it's kind of clearing things out, kind of looking like, what's the reality here? You've been living this way and this isn't the best scenario. And let's clear things out. And that's like your next phase. And then it's like, let's get to the reason how we got here. Like, yes. why are you allowing your life to be this way? Why are you inviting those things in? Why are you saying yes to all those things? And then just kind of sticking with a new way of doing things. And, um, you know, I, I'm just, I'm just really thankful. I'm really thankful that you wrote this book. Y'all, it, I know what you've heard from Lisa is just inspiring, but this book is more like a workbook. Yeah. Each little section's very, just a couple pages of reading. And then it's like real practical questions. I even loved how you had, I uh, pulled up the bitly of the Van Gogh painting, you know, oh, good. <laughs> I was like, and it was kind of ugly from far away. As I got closer, I was like, Oh no, it is really pretty. Um, it, I just think it's really practical. Like I think going yeah. into the new year, maybe don't have a, you know, resolution to just pick one or two things I'm going to run or I'm going to, whatever it is, like really lean into how does God, how did God made me and how can I lean into being that new creation? Maybe would be, possibly a good goal. <laughs> well, I think yeah, I'm very practical. I, I read for uh, not knowledge, but application. Yeah. <laughs> so this book is really uh, 20 years worth of lessons from God mm. kind of compiled in one place. But as a life coach, I took the principles that I use in coaching and tried to give them to my readers in a way that they can put it into action. So in life coaching, we, most people come in because they're stuck and they want, they want to accomplish something. Maybe they don't know what they want to accomplish, but they want to accomplish it. So the book is divided into the life coaching phases I use of where are you at? Mm. Where do you want to go? What's standing in the way? And what are the solutions that will work for you? And the, the chapters are short because I think we can get a little tired of hearing other people's story all the time. It's like, <laughs> me like how do I how does what about like, me? me why do I get new yeah 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 so the stories are short to try to just paint a quick picture of how this might look and then the application part is all the coaching elements drawn out so in coaching I never tell a person what to do mm -hmm. I use open-ended questions to try to get a person to the aha with God of what the solution is for them or what the problem is for them that needs the solution. Because when a person owns the aha, that's the beginning of change. Mm. And so the questions are specifically designed to get to an aha to find a solution. So I can't tell you, this is how you should organize your desk. This is what you should do with your schedule. This is what you need to empty from your heart. But I can say to you, what's working on your desk right now and what's not? Yeah. What's, what are you hiding from God in your heart that he already sees? <laughs> you know, I, I can ask those questions to help you figure out what the answers are. So good. Yeah. You, are so you, that was fun. So you're still coaching? I'm still coaching. And I, it's 
one of my most favorite things that I do. I coach and I teach the class that I took to become a coach. Cool. And I, honestly, I'm not sure which I love doing more. I, I get off of the phone because I'm on it for both. And my face hurts from smiling <laughs> because it's just exciting to see God work. It's awesome. That's awesome. Okay. So where could people find you online? Okay. A um, couple of places. Uh, you can hit my main uh, personal website, which is my name with the E, elisapulliam.com. Mm-hmm. You could um, find me over at the ministry that I run, which is called moretobe.com, M-O-R-E-T-O-B-E, which is becoming more bright, more beautiful, more like Jesus. And our goal at More To Be is really to equip women to experience life transformation for the sake of impacting the next generation. So we have a ton of resources for teenage and 20-something girls. Cool. Very cool. Uh, that, yeah, that's the focus there. So those are the two places. And um, you know, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, pretty much if you use my name, you can find me. I, that's kind of how I do it. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Well, thank you for yeah. writing this and helping us all discover who God made us to be and our why. That's well, really great. It's a privilege. And thank you for giving me the chance to share I, my my prayer. And if I can give your reader or your mm-hmm. listeners, readers, obviously, yeah. I've been like, so deep. Yes, and, and, I know. It's, hard, it's a hard transition. It is. But, um, <laughs> it's just a, a word of hope for, as a friend to a friend that this is a, if, if God had never given me the opportunity to write this book, this is still how I would be living. Because when I look at my children and they remember the old me to the new me, it, it, I feel like it does two things for them. It gives them hope for themselves because they're all going to hit a wall at some point in which they need God's transformation power at work. They're all going to mess up and have to say they're sorry. And so I'm fine with not being perfect. And I want you to be fine with not being perfect, but at the same time, not satisfied with being as is. Mm. So there's this like twofold of... Ask for help and seek the Lord for wisdom to know who to ask for help from and pursue him. Ask him to give you a feeling of his hope that the woman you think he wants you to become is really possible because you probably have a vision of that in your mind. Like the ideal would be, well, let let him show you if that's his real and what it would take to get there is so that you can celebrate the legacy that you're leaving to your family. Love it. Yeah. Thank my- you, Lisa, so much. I'm Thanks so for thankful me. for you. Have yeah, an ditto. awesome Christmas. Here we are. Thanks. You too. <laughs> well, yes, let's celebrate. <laughs> let's celebrate. All right. Thank you. Okay, thanks. Bye. Okay, bye. Now, I know I have a lot of authors on this show, and one of the reasons I do is because they're typically experts in a particular field, and they've thought about it a lot, and so they're good guests to have. I do want to tell you, like, looking through this book, and I really want to take time with it. Sometimes I just go through the book before the interview just to be ready to talk, but this one, I'm kind of thinking it's going to be my go-to when people come to me and they just feel all out of sorts, like their lives feel totally a wreck. Because it's a good combination of practical like time management and and personality tests and, um, you know, just practical things. But then it's also spiritually like deep, like getting to the core root of your lies and prayer and scripture reading and 
I mean, I just, I feel like, I don't know if you could, if I could just give you, go to like her site and go look it out, go check it out. You do not have to buy this book. I'm not getting any money for you buying this book. But if you're at a place that you're really feeling stuck, like you just are doing the same things and uh, we like, we know that doesn't change our circumstances when we keep doing the same, I would check it out. Maybe, you know, that can be your new 2016 kind of thing. And I know this time of year it's kind of hard, but maybe ask for it for Christmas if you can't afford a new book. Um, it's I see the one I have is $15. I think it's $11 on pre-order I just saw. Anyway, I would say that if you're stuck, this would be a great place to start. Y'all have been so good to leave me reviews. And we've, I've had so many long podcast episodes lately that I haven't had a chance to thank you. But I wanted to take a second to thank uh, all these gals. Tally Liz, thank you for listening. Like coffee with a friend. How awesome. I wish I could have coffee with each of you. Gretnell 511, I'm so glad you've been encouraged. Yes, we do cover a lot of different topics, but the goal being to pursue God and just remember that he does use each of us. Thank you um, for leaving a review. Teacher and mom of two, I'm so glad this is one of your favorites and that you appreciate my transparency and honesty. And um, I'm so thankful that it is a blessing to so many moms. Uh, Satchel Crisp, that's a fun one. She says it's the best, life-changing, funny, leads us mamas to Christ. I'm so glad that is humbling and Awesome. Heather B. Project. I am thankful that you agree that the interviews are full of useful and enjoyable content and it enriches your cleaning time. I'm telling you, houses across America are cleaner because of podcasts. This is just a, this is a true thing. Eshel Joy, I love that your sister's the one who's been sending you links for a year and you finally started listening. I was talking to a real life friend and before we met, she their kids just started going to our school. She'd have friends send her links to my podcast, and she was like, I'm not listening to that. And then, like, she met me, and she's like, well, I guess she's okay, and she started listening. I think it's I think it's funny. I think God moves when we need to hear things. Um, Katie Orr, 22, she's going to be on the show in a few weeks. I'm so glad, Katie, that you're listening. Practical, motivational, Christ-centered. Thank you, Katie. Laura in Yaoundi. I think that's a place. She says she is thankful and it is so encouraging. Y'all, thanks for leaving reviews. I know that iTunes doesn't make it easy. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for helping other moms find the podcast. I mean, I'm amazed. The last few months it's stayed in the top 20 over at Kids and Family, and that's only because of you. So thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for leaving reviews. Have a very Merry Christmas. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the God-Centered Mom podcast. If you're looking for more resources on how to replace me with he, go to GodCenteredMom.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guest. I want you to really understand and know that God is just as present while you are washing dishes at your kitchen sink as while you are worshiping him in a church pew. He sees your service to your family and he is pleased. As it says in Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Have a great day.